Blog Talk Radio. Radio program. I'm Susan Larison Dans, and I am just so delighted to have you all here today. Um, I am just really bringing some very open energy to today's program because I have been so enjoying reading the book by our guest today, Reese Thomas, who I will bring on the line in just a moment. Reese just released the new book. Discover Your Purpose, How to Use the Five Purpose Profiles to Unlock Your Hidden Potential and Live the Life You Were Meant to Live. And Reese has just a fascinating background that he brings to this work. And he is a true visionary and an expert in energy. He is an energy medicine expert and He is the founder of the Reese Thomas Institute in the Boston area, and today we're going to talk about these wonderful soul-based profiles that he has um, developed through various teachings and through his own um, co-creative energies, and we are going to discuss how this helps us to truly lead paths of joy that that are lasting and in alignment with who we are. And his website is reesmethod.com. It's on the show page, and I invite you to visit that. So without further delay, I am going to bring Reese Thomas on the line. Welcome, Reese. It's so nice to have you here. Hi, Susan. It's great to be here. Well, as I said in the introduction, and, you know, you and I talked for a minute before the show, I I am just, I feel very much opened up, I guess is the best way I could put it, um, just by spending, I would love to spend a lot of time with your book, and I know that this work is meant for that, is that there there is such a depth to this, and yet also an approachability to what mm. you have provided here. Truly, and and just uh, this book has uh, has been a long time coming. I've I've been in energy medicine for the last fifteen years. I was a teacher for many many years before that, and uh, and these are this book is has sort of been chiseled down from about two thousand pages, um, you know, <laughs> down to it's uh, what what is it two hundred and uh, uh, three hundred and sixty two pages. It's it's quite a thick book, but it, it there's so much. There's so much depth and and uh, uh, and subtlety to knowing who we are, and and I wanted to honor that in this book because that's what I do at my school uh, at the Reese Thomas Institute. Uh, we we use energy medicine technique, but we also really use this this foundational understanding that when you're doing energy work and when you're doing life purpose work and when you're deciding, gee, I, I want to get by this block in my in my business or in my relationship or in my health, uh, which is really all, all different levels of healing in our lives. Um, yeah. There are lots of techniques. There are a lot of techniques out there that teach you how to release this block or, 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 or step through that or take a coaching program and do this and launch your product or whatever it happens to be. And it, it becomes sort of a, a, a release of some kind, but the underlying issue that was causing the problem to begin with doesn't go away. And I noticed that with my students, I noticed that with myself, and what really drove me to write the book was that I feel like I spent 
the first almost 40 years of my life trying to be somebody that I thought for sure I was and yeah. and 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 I was what what a good man should be and how I sh- I'm supposed to be in the world and 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 I and I was trying to be what's called an achiever what I call a knowledgeable achiever and I was pretty good at it I was I I was very successful in my business and I was I had a nice family I had you know I had relatively good health but but as time went on my business got more confusing and I didn't feel like I was being understood and I wasn't really getting my message across even though I was successful at what I was doing and my relationships, my primary relationship wasn't, I, I, I couldn't, we, I couldn't understand her and I wasn't feeling like, uh, like my, my relationship with my children was really connecting. And then I was also having health issues. So the three biggies, my career, my relationships and my, and my health sort of drove me to say, what, what am I missing here? There's something I yeah. seem I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing and I'm the person that I'm, I'm sure I'm supposed to be. But it wasn't working, and and then I started with I started doing energy medicine work in my my late thirties, and and I realized that that by being introduced to some work that was developed back in the thirties by Alexander Lowen and Wilhelm Reich uh, called uh, uh, bioenergetics, um, there was they they had just discussed some people go into defense, they get ill, and uh, and 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 I started seeing within those structures what they call character structures were five incredible qualities and I was one of those and it wasn't the one I thought I was. And when I discovered that my whole life began to make sense and I was like, Oh, that's why I've always done things this way. That's why, because I'm a creative person. I'm a sort of, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more like you, Susan. I'm, I'm creatively, you know, loving the process of, of manifesting something amazing in each moment. And whereas achievers are very much about get it done right, get it done <laughs> once, and then move on to something else. And uh, uh-huh. and I'm like, no, 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 let's redo that again. Let's rewrite this. I've, I've rewritten this book at least ten or twelve times, uh, uh-huh. and I finally got, I, I finally, I finally got a, a knowledgeable achiever editor to work with me, and it got written. <laughs> so yes, but but once uh-huh. I discovered, once I discovered that that this dreamer that I was, who always had these ideas about things that I never really shared with people because I thought nobody wants to hear that stuff. They just want to hear how uh-huh. to make more money or, or hit a better backhand. I was a tennis pro, a tennis pro and, a, and a professional player. And, and, you know, I, I always thought it was something concrete that people wanted. I found out that this is actually what people have always wanted from me. And it's what I've always wanted to do. And so, and so when we discover who we are, we also discover that we've always had this, this within us, but we've usually vowed not to show it because it won't be accepted as much as the normal way of being. So that's sort of what got me into writing this book, and and uh, and it's really it's really been quite a journey. Well, I'm really happy you finally did write your book, and it's funny because I think a lot of us can relate. Suppose if we are creative idealists, which apparently I've discovered I am after taking your your <laughs> test <laughs> very clearly yeah. too. It definitely came through really strongly is um, many of us, I've been trying, well, trying. I've done a lot of writing, but I haven't produced a book. Let's put it that way. Very, <laughs> and, so, and, and you are right on track. You're right common. on track for the, for the creative idealist. <laughs> uh-huh. And, 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 and so, so, and so I, I, can tell you, I can tell you from yeah. my side, learning about the profiles will teach you how to get it done. Uh-huh. Tr- trying, trying to be your own knowledgeable achiever that gets it, that gets it finished is not going to it's it's not going to work cuz you're you're constantly you'll you'll come up with a final version and you'll reread it and say oh I just learned about this today I have to add that yep. in, which is how which is how I did it whereas whereas a knowledgeable achiever when you work with an editor who's got a knowledgeable achiever my my editor's name is Nancy Merritt she's spectacular and she uh-huh. uh she was able to say okay this book's done we're going to publish this one the next one we'll start working on Soon, and uh-huh. so we're already working on the next. We're already working on the next version of this. But but it was so important for me to write this because I'd been I've been teaching this in my school as the foundational element. The one thing that's missing in most spiritual and transformational work is we know how to release things, we know how to let go of things. But once we're free and we're open, it's like oh now I'm open. Now what am I going to do with that? What is it? What does it mean to not have to be attached to these old behaviors? What would what would the behaviors I really am drawn to? And and now for you know for you or for me, 
we know, say we're creative idealists, you can ask a very simple question. What would my creative idealist do here? And the creative uh-huh. idealist would have fun, would come up with something new, would be creatively alive and playful. Uh, and, yeah. and so knowing the character of your core quality, that, that we each have one of five core qualities, and we can, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about those in a little bit. Uh, it's, really, it's really amazing to, uh, to come into that feeling of, of, oh, I know myself through my feelings, not through who I'm supposed to be and who I think I am. Yes, and, and you know, I think leading into understanding what these different um, profiles are, you just said it right there, how important it is to listen to our feelings. And, you know, there's a chapter, Reese, you have on vows the vows mm. that people make and and they can be many things and i that really really came home to me as to how how do we navigate the world as our authentic selves and as we're changing and evolving yeah it it, it amazingly amazingly when you are being yourself you have an infinite amount of courage and energy. And so, and, and by the way, courage and energy are the same thing. If you have a lot of energy, you'll have a lot of courage. If you don't have a lot of energy, you won't have a lot of courage. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, that, your, uh, uh, that your clientele understands about the, about the auric field, the, you know, if your frontier is beyond fear, you understand the body's made of energy. And if, yes. you, and if you, in your mind, are really clear that you're a certain person or a certain type of person or or maybe you even know that you're a certain type of person, but, but you've made vows to only show certain things. I'll only be good. I'll, I'll never say something bad to somebody. I'll, I'll always take care of family first. I'll, I'll make these vows, and very common vows. Uh, you know, family comes first. Um, you know, what, I, I will always, I'll always put my children ahead of my own needs. Uh, you know, or, or, or maybe it's, it's you don't have any fun until you make enough money. Uh, you, you know, whatever these vows are that we make, that may have something to do with who we are, but they aren't all of us. And they end up making all of our decisions in our lives. And, and we lose ourselves in those, in those, process, in, in those, in those vows. We, we literally act as if we're somebody else. And now, so our energy field is, is like, just imagine that there's a ball of energy around you and it's like a huge magnet for your, for your life purpose. That's all it does. It attracts your life purpose yeah. all the time. And it, and it, pushes you away from things that aren't your life purpose. But if you think you're somebody that you aren't, you're going to actually, with your will, use your energy to move in the wrong direction in your life. You're not going to be, you're going to feel pulled in one direction and be like, oh, there's that calling. And your brain's going to say, why would I want to do that? That has nothing to do with me. Like I would have these dreams about, about, you know, seeing somebody I would, in my mind, I'd be seeing someone's core essence. And I'm a teacher, and I'm a t- and I was a, I was a coach for many years, and I couldn't really say to them, I see that you're this type of person. I would just say, let's try this type of strategy for you. But but uh-huh. then later on, I was able to I was able to realize that that sort of vision that I would have in my mind, that was actually that was actually my gift. That was what I that's what what I ultimately am here to to teach people. That's why I love the profiles when I when I saw what Alexander Lowen and Wilhelm Reich had done, even though they missed one of the major pieces of it. Uh, they they had they have they were presenting it as as something that uh, was often uh, created by wounding in early childhood. I realized as I worked with people more and more and more and did and did a lot of different types of energy work with people that these are things that we are that are our, our soul's nature. They're like stamped on our forehead when we come in, and everybody at some point in their life knows and feels and experiences their life purpose. And I give a, there's a meditation there called your secret place meditation, which brings you back to that place where you can remember what it feels like to totally be you. And when yeah. you are in that place and when you're feeling that feeling, you'll notice that your energy body is, and when it's full, you have courage and you can stand up and say, this is who I really am. And, and as you get used to doing that, every time you stand up and say, well, I know I should put family first because that's the rule in the family, but I want to do this now, and this is really important <laughs> to me. And so I'm going to do this for me today. And you know, first of all, you feel horrible guilt and shame when you do it, but then you realize that, that your family needed you to stand up and say, sometimes 
yes, family comes first some of the time, but sometimes we have to come first in our own lives. And so learning to, learning to make that shift teaches you how to manage your energy field. And when I'm running the wrong person through my energy field, I don't have enough energy to be courageous enough to stand up and be myself. And it's a vicious cycle. Ah, you know, you really hit upon it. You know, when I think, for example, parenting, that is an excellent area where, of course, you know, we want to be there for our child. You know, when when my child was very young, he was really energetic. I mean, really energetic. (laughs) And so it was challenging to be present. And as you're speaking, Reese, I'm thinking about how, the more, you know, if, if all we do is is exactly what we should do, and for that reason, we're not present. I mean, at some point, we're no longer present, and so we're actually undermining. I mean, that's that's kind of what I feel coming through, is that we undermine what we really want, what how we'd want to be present for our child or for people that we're in relationships with, um, because we're not fully here that that's right. um, so important. And so much of what we do as parents uh, is is very unconscious. There were a lot of vows, but these vows uh, start very, you know, they start very early. And you watched how your parents parented you. And did they uh-huh. give you the love you wanted? Did they give you the time and, and nurturance? Or did they over-nurture, over-love, or over... And, and you made vows that when you grow up and be a mommy and a daddy, you're going to be just like your mommy or not like your mommy at all or just like your daddy or nothing like him. And and so then you've made this hardcore sort of first chakra vow that you can't even, you don't even remember making it. It's just hardwired into you that you have to do certain things to be a good person. You don't You don't even feel like a good person unless you're doing certain things. And yet when you're doing them, your child doesn't listen to you. They 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 don't and 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 they almost like they don't respond to you because uh-huh. they're waiting. They're actually waiting for you to be genuine, and you're trying to be perfect. They're trying to be this thing that you think is the right thing to do. And 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 that's the the you know the the difference between a, a strong belief that this is the way we ought to do things, and a vow is a vow is something that is like a worldview. You actually have created that this is the way the world is. And this is the way I am in it, and that w- and that's what makes you real. Uh, a belief is something that you can that you can negotiate with. It, you can have a strong belief that says we ought to treat the children like this, or we ought to be this, but you know, not on not on Sundays or so, you know. So whereas a vow, you can never you you, you can't break it. It's, it's hardwired into your nervous system, and and so and so we do the same thing as we talk about that each time we make a vow. Let's say I say uh, something. I, I was uh, um, I was naturally a very smiley, fun child. I love to smile and, and, and play and things like that. But I found out that when you frown a lot, which my, and my brother was a little bit of a frowner and he was a, and you, and the, and the response that he got from my mom and the response I got from my mom when I smiled all the time was very, very different. And so I internally made this association that, and, and vow that I'm going to smile even when I'm not feeling like smiling. And it wasn't until I was in my, you know, I was well into my 30s and I was working at a country club where I was smiling a lot when I didn't feel like smiling a lot. <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and I realized that, that I was, that was such an automatic nervous response that I couldn't be actually genuine in the relationship because I wasn't managing the way I responded. And, and as, we, as we look at how we sabotage ourselves in the most basic ways, we sabotage ourselves trying to be somebody that we feel really strongly we should be rather than letting ourselves feel who we truly are and sharing that. Because when, it, when you're talking about parenting, your children are counting on you at some point in your life to share with them who you truly are because yeah. you give them the permission to do the same thing. If you share with them only who you think you should be, they will pick up immediately that there's somebody that they should be too. And they will start the same process over again. So, so wounding of a of a child becomes the parent. The parent then wounds back on the child, and it's a vicious cycle. Uh, and and so and so learning as a parent right now, uh, your actual purpose and how to share it and how to express it, all of its qualities. It's good. It's bad. It's you know the the shadow and the light. Uh, and and know that that in each element of who you are is an essential part of of your mission and your and your and your purpose in life 
you know, that, that lets other people do the same, you know, that's, that's what really, you know, gives me the most juice. That's why I run the school I run, and that's why we, I mean, we, we, have, a, we do have about 125 people a year that, that come through our program, and it is, um, and it's such a, such a, a pleasure to have people uh, really want to find the, sort of the source of their happiness and not just yeah. something to, you know, something, oh, I want to make an extra few bucks this, this year and, and, and that sort of thing, which, by the way, when you know who you are, you'll make more money <laughs> because you'll start doing things you love to do and people want to be around people that are doing what they love to do. Yes, yes. You know, when you speak of energy, Reese, I can think of so many times, and I know people can relate, and it's part of your story, too, where, for example, when I used to be in the office, I worked as a computer scientist, very very knowledge achiever oriented, <laughs> and although there are aspects of that that can be, we're going to talk, we need to talk about these categories next, or we're going to confuse yeah. everyone, yeah. and we will, but one thing I wanted to say about energy, and then we'll launch into this, is how drained you can feel during the day and at the end of the day, I mean, it's really very obvious. You might not be into any spiritual thing at all, and you can still be in touch with your energy and know, when I get home, I am exhausted. You know, and whereas when I look at, like, what I'm doing right now, um, I can just do so much. You know, I look at myself, I think, my gosh, I've been working on this. I work. You know, I could go and go and go. And, and yeah, I sleep, but there's just not that total draining that I used to feel. Um, and, right. and to me, that is a sign, and that's what you're about. And it is what I'm about. And, and, there's, a, and there's an image that, that, uh, that I'd like you to use uh, when, you are, when, you're, when you're thinking about that. Picture that, that we've made, that you've been able to, over your lifetime, uh, created a portrait, a life-size portrait of you. And yeah. uh, and it's exactly the way you want it. Not as you actually are, but it looks just the way you think you should look. Your hair is just right. Your clothing's just right. You're in the right place, and you've painted that picture. But the picture weighs about weighs about twenty pounds. Not yeah. not a ton, but it weighs a lot. And now what happens is is that you are carrying that picture in front of you. So everybody you see, you lift the picture up and you hold it in front of you, so they see that picture. And after a while, what happens is, is that you get really, really tired holding up that picture of you. Mm. And when you run your energy trying constantly to be somebody that you aren't, you have to work at it all day long. Yeah. We, and, and the problem is it's very unconscious, and that's, one of, that's why I wrote this book, and that's why I have the, the, uh, the – there's a profile assessment in there that you take, and then I also have more extensive online profile assessments as well as all of our coursework and, and, and other things that we can do for the profiles. But, but in this book, um, you get to understand this, this awareness that, that what makes you really happy is one of these profiles. There are one or two of them. That usually we have one or two that are, that are our strongest. There's one that we're here to, to exhibit as, and be part of humanity with. Because yeah. keep in mind that, that, uh, that, there are five qualities of people. Might as well get into them now. Uh, yes, and, now's a and good time. <laughs> the first one that we that you and I share and that we've been talking about is this creative idealist, which is the the highly creative people. The high they're highly thinking and and artistic or writing or computer oriented. They're they uh, you know that they they have this this flow of consciousness, but they don't always they don't always tend to be very grounded. They tend to be a little bit of a space shot and and not always paying attention <laughs> when you're talking to them. And 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 they're always and while I'm saying something right now, you're already into three other ideas and and thinking oh that's going to lead to this and lead to this. And so <laughs> and so if you're a creative idealist, your your mind is constantly spinning. Um, and when of course if you're if you're in the if you have that as a quality, you also will tend to have anxiety. And so it's funny that the name of your show is Frontiers Beyond Fear uh, because creative idealists by their nature are, are very gentle, uh, thoughtful creatures, not, not aggressive. And so, and so there's a certain amount of fear living on planet Earth where there are aggressive and, 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 and direct people. And, yeah. and so, there's, so creative idealists often will, will, will avoid uh, you know, any type of confrontation or any type of, 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 of aggression. Uh, and, and so that's, that's the first one. The first one are the, are the, are the creatives, are the, are the thinking, high-thinking people. The second one is are the people who are 
um, very emotionally connected. We call them the emotional intelligence specialists. And they're the people who are incredibly soft, uh, gentle. They never have hurt a fly. They're the ones who, who you know, find a, a little bug in the house, and they don't want to touch it necessarily, but they shoo it onto a piece of paper, and then they take it outside, and they make sure they don't squash it. They don't, they don't yell at it. They don't, you know, they just sort of, you know, so they have this, they have this gentle nature, and, they are, and, they, and, their, and their basic essence is, is that they are made of this sort of pure love. And, yeah. and, uh, and when you're around them, you feel this love, uh, sort of like the, um, I like the image of the, of the little old granny who brings out the cookies and says, here you go, kids. And when you bite the cookie, you can taste the love in it. It's like there's so much gentle sort of softness and caring in that. And that's, and that's sort of the, the quality. And these, these people are very good at, at, uh, with children and the elderly um, they tend to make great kindergarten teachers, uh, or, or, or they, you know, they work with animals really well. They, they, you know, they, they, anything to do with the heart, they're really, really good at. On the other side of it, when they're in their, when they're in their defense, they can be very draining and, and needy and, and overwhelmed by life. And, and you, and, and they'll say things like, you hurt my feelings. You, I can't believe you hurt my feelings again. And not, and, and, and they will and they will be overly emotionally connected to things and uh and and needy of of the of the room being a certain temperature or you know those types of things and so they can be draining that way because they because when they're in their defense that that deep deep need for love isn't met at some level and they and they and they feel that deep that deep desire uh and, and and they try to get it through through food or through people or through you know through getting love from people rather than being the love in themselves so those are the emotional intelligence specialists and when they're in their defense we call them poor me's they have they have a sort of a poor me quality and anybody that you've always said oh god that person's such a poor me that would be one of those uh, and so that's the second one. The third one are the people that you know that are warm and caring and, and they drive you to the airport and they, and they give you big hugs and they're always calling you on the phone and saying, hey, how are you doing? And, and they're at a party. They know everybody at the party and they make everybody feel good and they're always bringing something. If you're sick, they bring you a casserole. They're, they, are, they are wonderful friends and we call them the team players. They're the ones who who no matter what group they're in, whatever sport they're in or whatever, they're, they're the ones who make everybody on the team feel welcome and everybody in the family, and they take care of, of the family. And, and this is very much of an of, of a, of a expected archetype for women to have. They're supposed to take care of the family and like it. Uh, but yeah. only if you're a team player are you going to like it. <laughs> you know, there's, the, uh, the other ones have very different missions in the family. But the team player just loves to be in relationship with people, with family, with friends, and really live that. And, and, and of course, when they're in their uh, not so resourceful uh, uh, trait, they will, um, they will feel like doormats. They will be what we call people pleasers. They're, they're, they're never allowing anybody else to give to them at all because they're always doing for others. And, and they get very resentful of the fact that, that – that you know you'll you'll come up and say to them hey well let me help you with this so no no no, i'm good i'm good i'm fine i'm fine but then later on they're like nobody helped me at all i helped everybody else and nobody and so when they're in their non-resourceful state they feel like they get taken advantage of and they do get taken advantage of once they once people learn that they are uh that they'll do anything you ask them to do uh people that are users uh will um will 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 ask them to do everything for them and not and not give back at all because they don't they don't feel like they have to because the person will say, no, 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 I'm, I'm okay. So the, so the team player is, is this generally this warm, caring person who's very personable, always has lots of friends, calls them up on the phone, loves to spend time with them. The third, uh, sorry, that was the third one. Fourth one is what we call the achiever, which I totally was sure that I was, and is in, in business is what everybody, sort of the model for the ultimate business person is a person who sees the big picture, knows the right thing to do, is incredibly uh, uh, structured and, and, uh, and, and organized and follows a checklist and gets the job done. You know, it can get more done in a day than anybody else can and still gets home at five to go play golf or do whatever. Uh, and, and truly knowledgeable achievers can do that. Um, the rest of us can't. 
And so when we try to be like knowledgeable achievers, like for me, I just became trying to be a knowledgeable achiever. I became a workaholic. And that's the shadow side of the knowledgeable achiever. I worked and worked and worked trying to be perfect. And, and it never happened. I was never able to do that. I was, I was working for many, many years. I was running a very large uh, country club uh, tennis program in, uh, in the Northeast at one of the nicer country clubs in the, in the Northeast. And, um, and when it came to budget time, I would be creative with the budget because I'm a creative guy. And they didn't like that. And I never really understood why they didn't like that. I thought, that's, wouldn't that make a lot of sense to, uh, uh, you know, to, uh, to, 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 you know, to, to move this here and move that there? And, and, and they didn't like that at all because they were actually knowledgeable achievers. Knowledgeable achievers would never think of moving something from one box to another. They fit in the box, leave it in the box. So, so, so they tend to also be incredibly, when they're in their defense, they tend to be the highly critical. So if you had a, a parent who was very, very critical of you and, and exacting and was, yeah. you know, neat and meticulous, that was, that, was a, that was a knowledgeable achiever in the defense of that. They, were, they would be highly critical. And the reason that they're so critical of others is because they have this deep inner self-critic. No matter how successful they are, they always feel like they could have done better. They should have done better. And they push themselves almost to a ridiculous limit. Uh, and they're the ones that will climb Mount Everest and not die. You know, there's lots of people that climb Mount Everest and die. Uh, but, but they actually get up and get down and they figured it out and they, and they you know, map the, map the whole thing. So, uh, so they're, they are amazing, amazing people. Every, each one has this, these amazing qualities that are unique to them. And you want to feel, you know people like that, or maybe you have some of those qualities within you. And as I'm, say, as I'm talking about these, sort of feel, which one do you think you are? Which one do you have the most in you? And then the final one are the charismatic leaders. And they are, we call them the charismatic leader charmers. Because some people will say, well, I'm not, I'm not a leader. And yet, when you want what you want, you get it through, by, through being charming or or convincing, or you negotiate in a, in a very in a very nice way, so everybody often gives you what you want, and so that and that's a leadership quality. You get other people to follow you, to do for you, to support you, and um, uh, and so that's a that's a uh, uh, you know a, a power, and the not, the charismatic leaders are the ones with the biggest energy, and so you want to be around them. They're naturally, they're people that naturally want to be around them. And they are the people, the, the Martin Luther Kings, the Nelson Mandela's, the, you know, the, the, you know, the, these people that, that just, uh, that, that, you know, that, that, um, uh, the JFKs, the, the people that, that are willing to uh, die for their cause and often do because, because once, once a, a, a real leader steps out in a positive way, there are a lot of shadow leaders that will not want that person to do that. And so then the shadow side of the, of the leader quality is the more violent, the more aggressive, the, you know, they tend to be warriors uh, to begin with. Uh, charismatic leaders are, are these strong uh, people by nature, and they love, they love a good battle, especially when they can win it. And, but, when they, but when they're in their shadow, they tend to manipulate and seduce and control rather than lead. And so that, and so, and so, each each of these profiles have this amazing quality within them. But then, will will under stress or in a in a in a in a bad situation, they their less resourceful state will look like uh, will look like that. That you know that that manipulation and control. And we call them the 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 uh, the enforcers or the seducers. So they will they will either enforce through strength or they'll seduce and get you to do something that maybe you didn't want to do when they're in their, when they're in their shadow. Whereas when they're in their core, they innately know what you need to be the most successful and they will inspire you to do it. So they're the most inspirational, the knowledgeable achievers, the, the, you know, so that was the sixth, that was the fifth one. The fourth one was the knowledgeable achievers. The knowledgeable achievers will show you how to do it gracefully. The team players will do it with you. The emotional intelligence specialist will make sure that they that you are loved when you're done doing it, and the creative idealist will show you a brand new way to do it. And each of those five qualities are essential on our planet right now. And sadly, only the knowledgeable achievers and or the you know knowledgeable achievers, which are the rule keepers, and the uh, and the charismatic leaders or the enforcers are actually running the planet right now. And and the other three don't have the kind of energy, the kind of energy in, in the decision-making process that 
we need to have to get us out of this pickle we're in, where where we spend more time trying to trying to take over, bomb, uh, invade uh, our our neighbors, rather than recognize that each of us in each person, every person on the planet is playing a role in bringing us together as a as a as a as a as a, as a species, as a culture, and as humanity. Yes, you know. As I'm reflecting on these, as you're going over them, Reese, is it's it's really fascinating to to think about how these map to times in your life where maybe something didn't work out. Like I I've been thinking about you know at the at the end of my computer science career, for example, I was in a place where I had all these ideas, and I was like coming up with all these ideas and giving it to executive management and stuff. You know what? It was too much. And it was just like what happened to you. And I right. thought that's what we were supposed to do, you know, when we were at a position where we could have some influence, like you were in your tennis situation. And I'm sure there are people listening, no matter where they are, they may be in this situation right now, where they just really want to make a difference. And maybe you finally have a position where you can, and then no one wants to listen. And so you start to understand those other people around you like gosh you know i'm sitting here listening to you of course being typically thinking of many things i'm thinking gosh that person was this that person was this kind of person no wonder they wouldn't listen or or, or whatever you know and, yeah. and it helps with understanding and if you can do that now well wouldn't you just relate so much better to everyone around you i mean not to like put them in boxes because i hope we talk i know we will next about how people can be mixes and blends and things but it just seems like it would really ease things in relationships to begin to understand one another a little bit better, um, just it, like some of these truly, other personality. It, but it's it's a really effective personality profile. I mean, we've all heard of them. They're all out there, you know, Myers-Briggs well, and all and, that and, stuff. But this is and cool. The difference, and, this is, and, and the huge difference between this and Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram or DISC, which are all uh-huh. incredibly good, this is uh-huh. the next step. Those are behavioral based. Yeah. Those are all behavioral based. And the behavior, you can be very convinced of who you are if you look back at your behavior. But that behavior never made you feel great, even yeah. though you can absolutely be convinced of who you are by your behavior. Behavior yeah. is not a good way to, to decide who you are, even though certain behaviors that we just talked about, we were just talking about behaviors there of each one and what mm-hmm. they do and how they feel, mm-hmm. are, they're, they're, a, they're a step in, but they don't get you all the way there. These, this, this system is energetic-based. You literally have, I mean, each one of these profiles has a different body type. Creative idealists are tall and thin because their energy is, is going up vertically. Um, emotional intelligence specialists have a very soft body with a very soft belly and they tend to be very very soft in the hip area and 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 they're and and they don't have the they can't even they could lift they could lift weights all day long and never create muscle tone because they're gentle they're gentle by nature their body everything about every part of you serves your this deeper purpose the, the primary archetype that Jung talked about are these profiles the primary he called the self is the primary archetype but the self is this core mission that we have and in, in what our soul has and and these and our soul quality is something that exists in the spirit world as well it's not something that we just sort of it just sort of pops out of nowhere we come into our life with this quality and it's and it's what we it's what we enhance in each lifetime we're in, if you believe in lifetimes. And in this lifetime, we have this core character within us that, that we, need to, we need to understand. And even though we can use our cerebral cortex and mind to literally go against God, go against the, your, your purpose in life, your soul's mission, and yeah. live a different life, it doesn't change the fact that we're here to live that other life, even if you're really good at it. Yeah. And, and, I, and as I was, I was very good at it. And I was living yeah. in my secondary profile. I was living in my knowledgeable achiever. But the problem was, was that I only have, as, as, as we, we, in the school, we take this to, a, to an extreme and we really understand that 
each of your chakras also will serve one or other profiles as well. And I was only working on like four of my energy centers. And so there was no way I could ever have the kind of energy I needed to really be the creative person I could be because I was running the energy through the wrong, through the wrong centers. And by understanding the energetics of it and understanding that, that, you know, we talked about two of them, the team players tend to have a much more sort of broad chest and, and big, they, they feel like their heart and their, and their solar plexus area feels very warm and they give huge hugs and they're the people that just give the big bear hugs and love you and hold you and, 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 and they feel very warm to be around. And the knowledgeable achievers have perfectly balanced bodies. They're, they're meant to be the, you know, the, they're, they're, they're excellent athletes, triathletes. They do, you know, they're able to um, succeed and drive themselves, you know, physically, emotionally, uh, mentally, at, at, so every level can be, you know, they're, they're, they can be, they're sort of like the pin man. They're, they're, they're machines when they need to be. Um, and they have a very even balance in their energy system, and their body will reflect that. And charismatic leaders, they actually, because they're so dynamic, can come in every shape or size. They, they can come, they can have a lot of weight, a little weight. They do tend to have the wasp waist, though, and the large shoulders. So they'll have the, the sort of hourglass generally the, the charismatic leaders uh, will have the hourglass shape because they have so much power up in the fifth chakra and, sh- and shoulder area that that, that that area is much broader. So these are not traits that sort of you look at your life and say, well, gee, I've done a lot of this. I must be that, which is ultimately what those other tests lead to. And, and, you, can become, and you can be very convinced uh, by doing that work uh, that you are somebody that you're not and, and, and then still play it out and still, and it still won't necessarily work for you. And that's why I, cause I had done a lot of that work. I had really, you know, worked with that and, and tried to find my purpose. Uh, but it wasn't until I recognized that, that you have to understand the energy that goes, that underlies your behavior that, uh, that you really get it. And and when I found out that I was a creative idealist, I could look back at my life and see every trauma that I ever had wasn't actually a trauma. It was, it was my life purpose sending something to me to wake up my creative idealist. But since I didn't know that, it just seemed like a trauma. Yeah. I have a question about the body types because I mm-hmm. wondered, what if you've fallen out of alignment with what your natural body type is compared to the, the, um, the profile? And, and the reason I ask this, if I'll even be very honest, is that um, when I was young, I was very thin, okay? And then there came a time in my life, for whatever reasons, I put on some weight. And do you know what's so weird, Reese, and why it was difficult for me to even see it? I didn't see it. I did not see the weight because in my head I was still that person, and I didn't know anything. You know, all my friends, they knew about dieting. They'd been doing it for years and all that. And it's like I didn't know anything about that. <laughs> it's like, you know, I used to just you know, pretty much not pay attention. And so... So then I find as I get more and more in alignment with who I am, well, now it's coming off. You know, I'm going back towards what to me feels like what I've always been, as, as strange as that is. Not real, real tall. I'm not real tall, but still. Um, and so that's my experience is, and maybe I'm a mix. You know, you can't probably make absolutes. But I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, huh. You know, this is really interesting because inside of me, I have never been able to even see that, oh, I put on, you know, some weight for various reasons, and I'm now gravitating towards, you know, what I've always felt I've been. Does does that make sense? It, it, to- it totally makes sense. And and when you when you live in, uh, say, a secondary profile, and your and your secondary profile may be. Um, you know, you or you may have been trying to live in the team player and, and doing what everybody else wanted you to do um, uh-huh. for that period of time, and and your and and this creative idealist in you, uh, your you know you in some unconscious way you wanted to ground more, you wanted to uh-huh. sort of uh, you know have the grounding, and there's a couple of energetically there are a couple of reasons for for gaining for putting on weight, Carolyn Mace actually has has a theory that uh that uh, that uh the highly the, the mo the highest creative people um that are here to 
to do a lot, not just, not just you know, the, the, the ones who have a lot of ideas, but the people that are creative and are here to do something with it, um, when they don't do something with their ideas, it's, uh, it, it, it becomes energetic weight. It's like, it's like ah. a, it's like a, uh, it's, it's, um, you know, where you sort of abort the mission and that mission doesn't get lost out of the energy field. And so, and so when you're not living your purpose, uh, often you will, you will, you will, you will, won't be able to, your, your metabolism slows down because you're not in the, you're not in that part. And so you, so you can gain you can gain weight that way, but but no, I would I would bet that if you um, you know if you gained weight, you either you're either going to have uh, some team player as a secondary, or you'll have some uh, maybe some even some charismatic leader in there that uh, that that is able to um, sort of uh, you know charismatic leaders are are, are like. Um, uh, who was the actor who played in Raging Bull? He he gained. Over a hundred pounds for the for the yeah. You know, uh, Robert De Niro, I think. Uh, I think it was or Al Pacino did that. Did that and and gained and gained a hundred pounds the role as uh, in Raging Bull as Rocky Marciano, and then literally just a few months after he was done with the role, he was back down to his normal weight. And and Uh so a charismatic if if you have any charismatic leader in you. Um, you will, you may have uh, one of the, a, a body that, that will expand and contract and expand and contract, but you would also notice that, that when you, charismatic leaders, when they decide to lift weights, they, they put on muscle mass. And so, uh, um, you know, so, so you'd want to sort of take a look. We'd have to, we'd have to look at sort of what, what <laughs> yeah, else is going on with your life at that time. Yeah. So, but I, yeah, I, I but no, it, though... it, it is, is interesting that, that some, some do tend to gain more weight than others. Uh, but, uh, but the, but the basic body shapes that are in the book, their pictures in the book of uh-huh. different body shapes are, are very typical, uh, of, of the, of the way the energy works inside the body. Well, I find it fascinating in the sense that it's a kind of confirmation for me because what's actually working for me now is getting out in nature. I mean, when you talked yeah. about the secret place, I was on a mountain. I grew up in Colorado and I was by myself on a mountain. That was my secret place <laughs> at camp. I would sneak away right. at camp and be on a mountain by myself. And so so anyway, for me, I almost had to I, – I have to be doing a creative idealist kind of thing out in nature, and I'll walk five miles without even thinking. I'll just walk five miles. Right. If I tried to walk five yep. miles just in the city, you know, just, oh, <laughs> I'm going to go walk wherever five miles, ah, that would be a chore. But if I'm out in nature, I I can walk and walk and walk and walk. And it's right. probably, and that then is bringing me back. I mean, now, yes, you know, I'm coming, I'm watching that weight just go away, and my energy is really flowing. Yeah, and you can see how how living in the city and just making yourself get up and go to work, it, it it's not a it's not it's not a creative process, and uh-huh. and so if you have creative idealists working for you. Uh, you know, learning how to learning about the other profiles, learning how to motivate them, learning how to support them, uh, making sure that you you know if you're if you're a hiring manager and you understand the profiles, you'll yeah. understand that if there's you know creative idealists actually make very good accountants, even though it's 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 rote and don't do the numbers of this because they can have fun with their clients and 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 be mm-hmm. creatively sort of like oh well let's. Let's do this, and and uh, and we're gonna and they and they have and they're able to bring a level of creativity to the to just their relationships with people because they love to play with people. They love to do that. Um, and and if they're allowed to, um, you know, to have that have that level of creativity in their position, even if the position is sort of generally a, a sort of a didactic kind of a kind of a thing, um, they can still they they can still really enjoy their work. And and so that's why when you know your own profile no matter what you're put into for work, you can bring that quality to it. And, and so, and so it's, and so first of all, it's, it's important if you're an employer to know the profiles of your, of your employees and know that there are certain jobs that some of that, that, that they're just not going to be able to do. Uh, you know, uh, if, if you've got a team player and you want them to be, you know, uh, uh, structured and, and, and right on time and, and uh, you know, and and be able to end a conversation 
you know, uh, at a certain time or end a meeting, they're not going to be able to do that because their whole yeah. thing is, is, what are we doing? Oh, the conversation just kept going. It was great. We were really getting into it, you know. And, uh, and, and, and of course, if you're, um, you know, if you're asking your, uh, if you're asking your charismatic leader to do one job for more than two or three years, uh, you know, they're going to get very bored very quickly. So you need to be constantly um, changing the challenge level of the job for a charismatic leader. They love a challenge and they like to make sure that they get paid well for the things that they do. They're, they're, they're very, uh, you know, sort of uh, their, their, their whole focus is winning and, and being best. Uh, and so you want to make sure that they're, they're the salesmen, they're the people that are out there, you know, making the big money and, 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 and being able to be the charmers and the, you know, allowing them to use their natural skills in the world. And, and, it's, and amazingly, there's, you know, there's jobs for everyone. Uh, yeah. The problem is, is that we often pick the wrong one not knowing who we are and then not know why we can't make it work. Yes. I have a or question. Or we hire the wrong there... person for the job. Oh, you know, that's really important. You know, I feel that, like, this can be of use in so many ways. You know, even when you're working independently, many of us, those of us listening to Blog Talk Radio during the day, we're very independent workers, but we have professional relationships with different people. And we may have people work for us for a time and different things. And it really helps to understand how who we are is going to interact with who they are and whether, like you say, whether they're the right person maybe to do a particular job. Or um, it, it, I can see how this would just make everything flow much more easily and seamlessly in the world if we totally. could have a better understanding. Now, a question I right. have. Um, at the very yes. beginning of your book, you talk about how people have these three desires where, you know, and I could summarize them real quick, the financial freedom, basically, and, yep. you know, you're doing something you love and you're proud of it, you say. Fulfilling relationships, both personal and in business, and abundant energy so you can have a lifetime enjoying it. Okay, my question as right. we you know, come towards the end of the show, but what if you feel like you're partway there? Like if I look at that, and I know a lot of people like this. This is one in the spiritual community. So many of us mm-hmm. in the self-help spiritual domains, we feel like we're doing what we love. You know, we're really mm-hmm. getting it. We're really down that path, but we haven't quite reached that financial freedom place. Or, you know, maybe we aren't quite where we'd like to be with relationships. So so what would you say to people who feel like, gosh, you know, I know I'm heading in the right direction, but I'm not, you know, I really need to, I know there's something I'm still missing here, you know, this this piece, and whatever that may be. What would you say to them, Reese? Well, it's always the same thing you're missing, you. Uh-huh. If you Anything, anytime, anytime you feel like there's something missing in your life, it's not them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not the thing. It's not the job. It's it's you, and and so that's why I have a a, a, a year long program in this at the at the institute, and that's why I uh, we have it's a and it's a three year uh, total program. Uh, it's a three different modules in in this in this mat in this self mastery. Um, and, and that doesn't guarantee that you're going to be, be uh, wealthy and have the perfect relationship and have total health at the end of it. Um, but, <laughs> at, but, but what happens is, is that when you know who you are, you may come to terms with the fact that, that we, we, the other thing we talk about is you don't have a chakra for certain things. Uh-huh. And, and for some people, they may not have a chakra to make a lot of money, but they may have an amazing chakra for having a great relationship. And as long as they spend all of their time and effort trying to make money and trying to be that person that they don't actually have the energy to be, and they have to relate mm-hmm. to money in a different way through relationship or through or, or uh, you know or or they or just you know you know you know looking at their life and saying I'm not a person who really needs a lot uh, yeah. you know even though yeah. I thought I I thought I should. Um, you know, there, when, when we're spending our energy trying to do things and running our energy through our energy centers in, in sort of negative ways or in ways that don't support us as an individual, then the other things all fall apart as well. Like I said, you know, I, was, I, I uh, uh, you know, had a great job 
and 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 what looked like a great relationship and family and and I and I was a black belt in the martial arts and and training and playing tennis all the time and and conditioning and eating well and listening to Wayne Dyer and Tony Robbins and you know and and doing all of these fantastic things uh but I was doing them trying to be somebody that I'm not yeah. And yeah. and whenever you feel that feeling, and, and I can tell you that the people that come to my school are the ones that that have done a lot of things. They tend to be very heart centered uh-huh. because this is energy work, and uh-huh. and they uh, and, and 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 yet they feel like there's this thing that they this, they're almost there. They just yes. just something just <laughs> this little thing that's missing. And when they come in to the program and they discover that it that it was them and it wasn't just them. It was that they literally had no idea who they were. All these, all these programs have uh, taken and all these things um, that taught them how to manage their energy from where they were, were essential survival tools. But the problem was, is that from where they were, where they were standing wasn't where they belonged. They needed to stand in a different spot where they actually belong. And that's one of the, one of the basic elements of the profiles. They teach you, where do I stand? What do I stand? You'll know that, I mean, there are certain people that are here to make a lot of money. They have a chakra for that. They have a, they have a, um, a Midas, uh, a Midas archetype. And, uh, and there are other people that aren't, but they're, but the value that they bring to the world is no less valuable. And that's one of the things you learn when you learn your profile, that even though, um, you know, even though you may not be in a, in a fantastic relationship right now, you can still share yourself in lo- in other types of relationships um you know in a way that really impacts people's lives and changes people for for the good and so recognizing that sometimes we're supposed to be single for a period of time in our lives uh or we're supposed to be without money uh or we're supposed to be not healthy but but to recognize that in each of those is a gift that's awakening you to this deeper quality within you as you as you allow that to happen you model that for everyone else in your life. And when you model being genuine and being, and being your true self, uh, that allows other people around you to do the same. And, and that's truly what a healer is. A healer isn't someone who has a great technique. Everybody can learn a technique to relieve a chronic or, I mean, or, or, or either a chronic or an acute pain. But a, a healer is someone that you go to because you like the kind of person they are. And you would like to be more like that in your life, which is open and and committed to this deeper sense of self. Yes. Wow. Yes. There's just so much here. Um, and, of course, we're running out of time because there's just so much to explore, Reese. And, you know, before the live show goes down, and I want to thank the live audience. We've actually been on the front page of Blog Talk Radio on the live shows, which is wonderful. Um, the achiever part wants to, or I don't know, whatever whatever personality part. I mean, I'm always glad that the word hey, gets out. That's everybody how I that. feel. Well, and it's good everybody to likes get the word out. Yeah. So, so, so yes. Um, tell us while we're while we're live. You know, where can people learn more about this and and what you have going well, on right the, now? And the, the best thing to do right now, if you're interested in in learning about the profiles, is go to discoveryourpurposebook all one word dot com. That's that's a it's a website that I've set up for the book. You can buy the book there. It'll actually be purchased through Amazon. But when you buy the book through the website, uh, what will happen is is that you'll also get all kinds of bonuses. There's a there's a member site that goes along with the book. There uh, uh, and and I'm actually starting this coming Monday. I'm doing a um, uh, a book club with the author talk, and I'm going to talk about each of the sections of the book. There are four sections in the book, and I'm going to do five uh, Mondays. I'll do five Mondays at, at 1.30 Eastern time, and I'll be uh, uh, sharing with people, uh, you know, the, the sort of like the little secrets in each section as to what you want to make sure that you didn't miss in those sections. So, and I'll be doing it um, on, a, uh, uh, on, a, on a live stream type of a, type of a, uh, uh, of a, um, uh, a service. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be interactive. You'll be able to ask questions, and and uh, that would probably be you can you'll be able to get that if you go to the Reese. Uh, sorry, if you go to uh, 
if you go to discoveryourpurposebook.com, uh, you'll be able to get you'll get on the list, and we'll send you information about that. And uh, and if you want to find out more about the school, it's reesthomasinstitute.com, and Reese is R H Y S. Okay, great. Thank you so much. To the live audience leaving, we'll be back Friday, September 11th, um, 1 p.m. Pacific. Just come to FrontierBeyondFear.com. Thanks for being here, live audience. Now we're in the archive. I had to say that really fast. Uh, We're still recording the podcast right now, and and I have the opportunity, since a lot of people actually listen to the podcast over time, um, to thank you, Reese, for, for being here. And um, I just so I enjoy the energy of your work and the energy of you and and thank, thank you. you so much for coming to this show. I I appreciate that. And and you too. And I would love to come back anytime. And you and like you said, there's there's many many parts of the book that that you just can't yes. get to. I I really loaded it full, chock full of of of. Uh, Many of the of the different uh, um, sort of processes that I use in the school to help people, and um, and each one of them should can be a whole hours whole hours discussion. Oh, it's so, so true, so. and and I yeah. I would love to talk to you again because you know we didn't even get into just so many things where you talk about you know how you can be happy now versus the future, and you know the different. There are just many things, as you say, and I'm sure there's more I can explore. So. Um, thank you Absolutely. again so much for for being here and for all you do. And I'm so glad that you did write a book, and and so that we can we can see this. You know, it's just right in front of us how approachable some of these ideas are, and we can begin to understand. So thank you so much. Thank you, Susan. That was that was totally pleasurable. You're you you rock. I love your energy too. <laughs> well, thanks. Well, we got we were up to number three on the live front page, so I'm kind of psyched by that. That's always fun, and nice. um, I I hope that that a lot of people got to learn about your work. So, and we'll continue awesome. in in the podcast. So, thank you so much. Take care. All right. Okay. All Bye, right. Bye. Just a quick show note for those of you listening now in the future across time. I always welcome you because when it talks when we talk about energy, there is no time really. I am fully present with you right now wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, and I appreciate you audience. Um just for those of you who are listening in the next day or so, which I know some of you are, um the next show coming up since I had to say that really fast what is Friday, September 11th at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, Ingrid Martin, The Ungame is the topic we will be talking about that day. And no matter when you're listening, do go to FrontierBeyondFear.com and explore these shows. Who knows? We may have more than one now uh, by the time you're watching with Reese Thomas. And by then it will be on a page of Reese Thomas's shows, and you can enjoy listening. So... Um, I certainly hope that we'll be exploring this work some more. So thank you, everyone, for being here. And may you truly listen and, you know, set out to find who you really are and just realize just how that will change your life, to find out who you are and live in alignment with that. Take care, everyone. Thank you.